If you've been pondering politics this week, then you've come to the right podcast. This is Pondering Politics. What are we pondering this week? Can politicians blame each other for terrorist attacks? Is it only the main parties that matter in UK politics? Does the UK require a clear constitution to lay out the PM's powers? There's a lot of peas in that sentence. There was. It is confusing. And how should you spend election night? Thank God you didn't miss <laughs> He's Andrew, the man on the street. <laughs> and then he's Simon, the man on the classroom. And together we're pottering politics. All right, what should we talk about first? The, the first one. Okay. Who's asked that? It's, it's in an order. Oh, sorry. Right, good. I just think it might be... A, just, I need a bit clear of, structure. To I just figured if we, it adds a bit of like excitement to the, oh my God, what's coming next? Well, let's do the fun last one first and then end on the really somber, serious one. No, that's a terrible idea. Okay, so there was an awful terrorist attack earlier in the week. And... The main parties have been blaming each other, and the families have come out and said, stop using this like a political football. Yep. So, which raises the question, can politicians blame each other, or all make terrorist attacks like a political kind of thing? Like, can politics kind of mm. get, get involved with it? So, what are your thoughts? I think they can to a certain point. When, when, an, when a politician, as like Boris Johnson has done, has, has laid out what he would do to prevent such an attack, mm. I think that's fine. It's when they chip in at the end going, you know, under Jeremy Corbyn, this guy would have been free in, in a week and this is all uh, Blair's fault. This, all, all these things happened under Blair. I actually sound like Boris the way I'm stuttering. Then. <laughs> so I'm doing a good impersonation. Um, but when, yeah, so I, I, I think that's the, the cut point. You can address the situation because it's stupid not to because it's in everyone's mind, especially this is right before an election. So but to ignore it completely. But is there really a difference? Because like, like they blame each other probably rightly for saying, well, your government might have education or your government might have the NHS. Can it not be, well, your government hasn't done enough to stop terrorism? Like, is, is there really a difference between a terrorist issue and another social issue in the country? Perhaps in a debate, but not, not as a, like a press conference or an interview with the other person not there. It just seems a bit... Uh, it just seems bad. Trying to, trying I, I to gain points I, over a negative Yeah, situation. it's like people directly, not like um, food banks and starvation and cutting all, all public services that, as in many opinions, myself included, yeah. led to some deaths. This is direct death. It's too mucky, and I don't like it. I don't think it's, as I've said before about a politician, I don't think it's very honourable to go, I would do this to stop it, and this is all his fault. I think it seemed, I think some of it, though, has a historical basis, because there was another attack. I think it was the Ariana Grande, Grande yeah, yep. one during the, the last election. The arena in Manchester. Arena. And Corbyn ended up scoring major points on that, because he came out and he said, well, you've cut, you've cut the police. The, you, the police cuts have gone... Have, got, have just gone way too far um, and it actually resonated because he was able to kind of say you've, you've lost you know there's now 15,000 less officers than before so I think part of what's happening is is that both of them are kind of gone on the attack so the other one can't gain the advantage mm. um, I, I think a lot of this election is about learning from 2017 so like last time last time Theresa had a manifesto that was perhaps too honest and so now yep. the Conservatives have got a manifesto that doesn't really say anything. Ambiguous. <laughs> yeah. We will make time, things better. Last time she didn't do the debates and so Boris Johnson has done some although he mm. you know, hasn't done them all. Um, and then perhaps with this as well you know there's been a terrorist attack and so they've, they've gone deliberately gone on the offensive so Corbyn can't score points or, or vice versa. Um, so I kind of see why they're doing it um, but, but it doesn't leave a nice taste in them. Yeah exactly that's what I was like in your opinion it definitely leaves a bad taste in my mouth to hear that and they're, they're using it to just try to gain power it's, it's the it's the gaining of power when you're supposed to be wanting to do it to help people and lead a country and it's the using a tragedy to try and 
get power. It just doesn't sit right. I think it also depends if the argument resonates as well. And I think, going, again, going back to last time, when, when Labour was able to say, look, you guys have cut the police and we're less safe than they used to be. We just had seven, eight years of austerity under, mm. under David Cameron. And, I, and I'm, I don't want to get into whether austerity was right or wrong, but they had cut no. things back. <laughs> they had cut things back. And so that attack resonated, whereas I think both of the attacks that they're making now when they're kind of blaming each other both feel like political point scoring because mm. there's nothing there that I feel is you're really kind of going, oh, yeah, good point. You're more just going, oh, shut up. Yeah, to, to both of them, with this whole situation, both of them have said what I've done, what, what I've just said. They've, they've said what they do, and then they've said, oh, this is this happened on the Tories' watch. Boris has said, oh, this actually started because of the what Tony Blair did back 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 then. It, um, it's just it's just come on, just say what you're going to do to prevent it, and let let's move on. It also feels quite an, a horrible thing to blame each other for because. Maybe I'm too optimistic and, and positive here, and you'll, you can probably shout at me. But like, ultimately, I do feel that most politicians do want the best for people and want the best for the country, and they have they have different ways of delivering that and different policies. But none of them would ever have wanted a terrorist attack, or even have taken decisions that they thought would have could have led to a terrorist attack. So, so then to kind of blame each other for it feels very—it's a step too far. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Not with all of that sentence. I do think politicians are. Quite by <laughs> by nature, they they want to, the power, they want the the control. But I don't think anyone sat down and went right. Let's, for example, not saying this is the cause of it, but for example, let's cut police numbers because hopefully that will lead to a terrorist attack. You know, it, it, there's no way it's a conscious effort. It never entered their head. They must have balanced it and went. I don't think this will be the situation. I don't think that because that is evil. If they did that, it's a completely different kettle of fish. Well, I think it. Yeah, it's, it's a difficult one. It is very. Is it only the main parties that matter in UK politics? No. Okay. Yes. No. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you some arguments. Okay, so I, I think that realistically, Labour and the Conservatives are the only main two that have a chance of winning this general election. Okay, so let's just put that one out there and go done. But matter, first of all, Liberal, Liberal Democrat in coalition, 2010, 2015. DUP, currently in a supply and confidence and supply arrangement with... With, with Theresa May propping up the other governments. UKIP only ever won one UP, but basically the rise of their popularity and their 10% of the vote has pulled us, has you know caused Cameron, amongst other things, to kind of offer this kind of referendum and it's caused a huge constitutional change. Um, Green Party has managed to put, along with campaigners, climate change on, on, on the agenda. Um, SNP has taken 50 seats in Scotland to, to the point now that when they have national leaders debates, the SNP are invited despite the fact they're only standing in one region of the region of the UK. Um, gone, uh, it might well only be that the two main parties are going to get the biggest amount, but gone are the days when they were the only two parties that were spoken to or addressed or talked to uh, and get media attention. Um, I mean, Nigel Farage, I mean, he, he's I think he's the, the, the politician that appears on Question Time the most out of anyone and granted that's because you know Boris Johnson won't go on every single week but nevertheless these views have been heard responded to voted for etc 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 I mean they, they clearly matter well me and the ITV would uh disagree with you because obviously they only invited Jeremy Corbyn and Boris Johnson to to uh Joe Swinson's dismay but hey uh well it depends what you mean by matter then because they only from what your points were there they only seem to matter when they're trying to get the two parties that really matter to change their mind or affect them in some way. I mean, because they're, they're never in, probably in my lifetime, probably going to see power. I'll go out on a limb on that one. As long as I can... Coalition. Live. They were in power. 
Yes, but should they have been a party that was was like a, a third place? They played Kingmaker. It was up, you know, it, it shouldn't have really been them to do that. That was a part of politics that I do, and probably another topic for another day. But I, I, I disagree with this whole that the per, the people with the least votes out of all three parties decided who was going to be in power. Practically, is that right? That's a different debate. It is a different debate. But so, so your version of do they matter is if they get the two main parties to do stuff. But. Yes. Um, well, that, that's one of my key arguments. I'd, I'd also argue that they're taking huge amounts of seats. In, I mean, so SNP, for example, for, um, Nicola Sturgeon is not in the House of Commons. She's the first minister of Scotland because she is the biggest party in the Scottish Parliament. Clyde, Clyde, Clyde Simru, I think, was in coalition with Labour in Wales and then back mm. to Labour. So, so these parties are in power in other places. Um, UKIP, sorry, uh, Brexit Party, most number of MEPs, uh, member of European Parliament, they, they won that general election. So to say that they... On winning elections isn't true. But well, well, hang, it depends what you mean by election. Again, this is a they're, they're not winning the elections. They're not in the top. If you count Lib Dems as being a main party, which would definitely benefit my standpoint, <laughs> they're not coming top three of any any election ever. UKIP um, didn't, even though they got more votes, they didn't get more MPs a couple of elections but, ago. But if you, do you think general the only elections that matter are general elections? I would have... Well, yeah, to, to, to a certain extent. Obviously, the referendum was a different kettle of fish again. But the, the European elections, for example, which may not happen <laughs> soon, but they're normally just used as protest votes to try and get, again, to get the main parties to do something or see something the public wouldn't want them to see. But then, well, then they still matter. They, they still... Like... So in, in America, for example, they... The two-party system is far more two-party-ish. Yeah. On occasion, you get a third-party uh, standing or a third candidate in presidential election, and they've never won. But what they have managed to do is um, pull the other parties come towards them. So Bill Clinton famously took on some of the policies of one of his opponents in the, I think it was Ralph Nader, the Green Party. Like, Ralph Nader came up with these cool ideas, and everyone was like, this is really, really good ideas. And Bill Clinton was like, yes, they are. I'm going to start doing those ideas as well. And so he, he had an impact. He had an effect. Um, another one might be that parties... The smaller parties can actually cause other parties to lose by splitting the vote. So everyone's concerned, like this, with this election, it might be that Farage oh, yeah. get, gets enough votes to change the results between the two big parties. I would, I would give you that one. That is definitely uh, an area that they have an effect. Is is the chipping away at the voter mm. base because mm. we've discussed it on a previous podcast. The Lib Dems are probably chipping away Labour's vote, the the Remain kind of vote. And obviously the Brexit party are chipping away at the Tory vote, mm. and it's led to all sort of deals and stuff like that. But would okay? Would well, certainly in reality, what would be different if there wasn't they weren't there? Would it be a negative? If it was just a two-party system, and the public just had those two parties to vote for, would would MPs be empowered more to to reflect the the the, the, the feel of the country? I don't know. That's a good question. What would be the difference if you, if you kind of took them out? I know. Well, I'm, I'm talking alternative reality. <laughs> it's like another reality. We, we don't know um, what the answer would be. But. I think part of the problem is, and this goes back to a cultural difference between us and America, is that in America, their MPs or congressmen are freer within their system to say more what they think. So the so the party system is broader, and part of that is they have a separation of powers. So their president is is in a separate 
bit of government to their Congress. Mm. So Congress is not controlled by the president. Whereas in our party, Parliament, the Prime Minister through whips and by having an automatic majority in the House of Commons more or less controls the MPs. Maybe not so much with Brexit, but he, he, has a huge, he or she has a huge amount of influence over the MPs. Therefore, well, let me get my catch my train of thought here. Therefore, the third parties matter more in, our, in the UK system or they're more necessary because the Conservatives most of the time won't be standing up to Boris Johnson. The Labour MPs won't be standing up to Jeremy Corbyn. I know we live in interesting times with Brexit, but you know, leave, leaving that aside, if we can, for this argument, for this, for the sake of this argument. So I think that the third parties and the fourth parties and the fifth party and the sixth parties are are do make things different because if if they weren't there, you would either have less representation, like less different views to be, to mm. be able to vote for or to put onto question time or to be in the media. Or you'd get a far bigger frag fragmentation of the two main parties because because those views would still have to come out somewhere, like the environmental views, the pro Brexit views, the you know the, the, those views would would find other ways to kind of manifest themselves. So yeah, I uh, to be quite boring. I, I agree with everything you're saying. I think, but I think my definition of matter is more aligned to if they're ever going to get power and be able to. Despite what you say about the Liberal Democrats, I mean, yeah. I'm currently listening to David Cameron's book, and most of the time, David Cameron makes out like he he had an idea and he got Claire around to thinking his way. <laughs> <laughs> but he would say that, wouldn't he? It's his book. But one thing we can probably both agree on is those interesting times. I know you said to leave it to the side, but the parties probably wouldn't mean even what they mean now if we weren't in those interesting times. Because if it was just like it was in the old the good old days, where it's yeah. just Labour and Tory with the vast majority, most of these other parties wouldn't get a look in. But do you think? Do you think to matter, you have to be able to win? To a certain extent, yeah. Probably mainly, uh, unless you make a big change. Like so, the, the, the example you gave was Nigel Farage with yeah. UKIP and like Brexit. You, like UKIP, for example, or Brexit Party, they've never gone for power they've gone for influence hmm. they've succeeded they matter but without them considering the history of the tories where there's always been this inward war pro europe anti-europe or europe skeptics etc etc if they weren't there that argument would still probably be present and probably and you can correct me if you think i'm wrong here probably would have ended up where we are anyway because of, of that tear in the tory party it it, it allowed that I mean, the way British parties have traditionally worked is the party says do this. You get a few, you get a few rebels pulling away mm. this way and that way, but most of the time they kind of fall into line. Or they get the whip removed, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. Which is what Johnson's done recently. You know, yep. he's, he's going, "Well, you get out of my party then." Um, and so I think that having that other party it gives people freedom. I mean, even look at perhaps Change UK or the way you know, Chuka's recently joined the Lib Dems. I was just going to make a joke time. about Chuka. <laughs> I was going to say, and without all the other parties, what would Chuka do? What would Chuka do? be like, what party should I um, join today? Where should I go? But, but you know what I mean? It, it gives other places for people to go. And also, to go another thing, do they matter? Like, um, you know, there's a lot of people at the moment that don't necessarily feel a home in the Conservatives or, or Labour for, for various reasons. There are some many that do. But, Minor parties also give a place for people to kind of go, actually, yeah, that's my political home right now. Yeah, okay. I'm going to... I'm probably going to consider. But I will accept that, go back to 1945, not a single... Other than the coalition government, mm. there has never been a... None of the other parties have had a prime minister. Mm. Um, and none of them look like they will. Without, without giving anything away, obviously, because you're, you know, you're voting intentions and history is your own business, but mm. have you ever voted for... And I wouldn't count Lib Dems. 
I would vote Lib. I would count Lib Dems as being one of the big three. Actually, I wouldn't anymore. You wouldn't? Okay. okay. I think during We've... the coalition, I think there's a, obviously they're actually in government. Clegmania. Man. They're a different one. But right now, I mean, they've got less MPs than the SNP. They've mm. got less, they had less vote than UKIP at first point. Okay, so with, with, with that being said then, have you ever voted for a minor party without saying who it is? If you don't know? Yeah, uh, in local elections, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, main elections, no, but mainly because that's because of where I live and therefore I kind of look at the logic of well, what vote would count. I probably would do if... If we had a different voting system that either allowed to be proportional or allowed me to have a first choice, second choice, then I probably would. What about yourself? I voted, if you count them Dems, I hmm. voted for, I was all part of Cle Clegmania. I was swept up in Clegmania. I grew Nick. I grew Nick. I totally grew Nick. <laughs> um, okay, so does the UK require a clear constitution to lay out the Prime Minister's powers? Do you want to introduce this one? Okay, so recently, with the special circumstances of Brexit, it has led to a lot of situations where, as we've previously discussed as well, uh, Boris Johnson, <laughs> to name him, he's pushed his powers in directions that most people would be like, I can't possibly do that. Um, and he's, he's, he's taken some decisions that have needed to go to a court. So he prolonged par Parliament. He took him out for a... Prorogued. Prorogued, sorry. <laughs> Prorogued Parliament, and he... We, we say this is like, like prorogued is a word we've been using for years. <laughs> <laughs> I never even heard of it until a couple of months ago. But, <laughs> I'm sorry, Parliament? What? <laughs> what? MPs? Who's Boris? Um, so, yeah, he, he took him out for longer than ever. Is it the longest that it was ever done? You probably um, know, know the history. Probably. probably. I, think it, I think Major did it quite long. When there was the and it was also a scandal before, before an election campaign as well. And all sorts of so this, this, this kind of question is, do because people are stretching their powers and putting it in directions they've never done it before mm. and just saying, well, can I legally do this? Well, there's nothing to say, I can't do it, so okay. Give it a go. Do we need a clear set of rules to tell the Prime Minister and even, you know, MPs mm. to a certain extent what they can and can't do? And in the context of this is if you compare the UK system to the American system, American system, you, you can pick up the UK constitution, sorry, the US constitution, and it's like... Here is the president. This is the powers of the president. This is the Congress. This is the power of the Congress. It doesn't. It's not exhaustive, but it it, it lays out at a, at a at a basic level. These are the powers of, of whatever. And so we have a far vaguer system. When me and Andrew uh, last week went to see Roy Stewart, which oh, we'll, Roy we'll Stewart. probably talk about um, in the future. Some of the other details. But he, what a man! <laughs> Andrew's a fan. Um, <laughs> he he actually addressed this at one point. He said he, he said that the one of the 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 Politics just used to be done in a certain way. You know, mm. politics, you would, you, would, you would do things and you would criticise your opponents, but there were certain things that just wouldn't be done, blah, 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 and therefore not having a constitution kind of worked because it, you didn't need to have a constitution to actually stop certain behaviours, mm. whereas now people are pushing the boundaries to see what they can kind of do, and that's not necessarily a good or a bad thing, it's just, but it's certainly a new feature. Like Trump's doing the same in America right now. He's, he's, yep. he's pushing the boundaries of what, what can he do by trying to do things that have not been done before. Um, and the truth is, in the UK, you don't necessarily have the, the means to stop a prime minister from doing various things. And it, you've got a Supreme Court, but if we didn't have a Supreme Court, the prime minister could have done that. Maybe that's a good thing, maybe it's a bad thing. So, so have we reached a point where we need a constitution for that. I mean, there's obviously, a, should we have a constitution is a huge question, but mm. let's just, let's kind of try and limit this conversation to the specific powers of the prime minister. Like, do we need to kind of lay this out clearly? Well, what would be the negative effects if we did, in, in your opinion? The negative effects. So you'd then, you'd then have to decide what those powers were. Mm. 
Um, so first of all, you know, like negotiating Brexit's been hard. Mm. It would be a similar process of going, well, what exactly can the prime minister do and not do? And that would, and you'd get differences of opinion because the more powerful you make a prime minister, the more they can get things done. You know, if they win an election, yep. they can they can they can do a thing. But then, of course, the less parliament is then able to control them. And technically, what we have right now is a system whereby we have what we call parliamentary sovereignty. At the end of the day, parliament is always in is in control, and, and the prime minister is effectively in control with the permission of parliament. But if you then gave specific powers to a prime minister, you're then saying this is a power of the prime minister. No, no not, matter what anyone else says, you can do this. You can do this, not not parliament. Um, and who, who would, in this imaginary world yeah. we're building, who would decide what these powers were as well? Well, it would have to be done by Parliament. It would have to be a change in the law. So, I mean, it would be proposed probably by the government mm -hmm. who would look, look, look to think tanks, pressure groups, etc., etc., etc. And obviously a power, a, part, a prime minister would certainly want to do it to, an, some, to some extent in their own interest. It would be a very special prime minister that was kind of like, I'd like to give all these powers away. It could happen. Um, but you'd have to be a principled prime minister rather than a. And if if the MPs did allow this, wouldn't it be a slightly a case of Turkey's voting for Christmas because they're removing their powers to a certain extent of how they can it affect? Perhaps. I mean, it kind of, it kind of depends what those those powers were. Um, the other thing is, and it would be quite a big constitutional question because a lot of the prime minister's powers are actually the queen's. Uh, they're called mm. royal prerogative powers, and so one of the, when the, when the one of the reasons why the prime minister goes to see the queen when they become prime ministers is because the queen's basically saying, "You will you lead my government." The, that whole phrase is "my government." It, it's... Magnificent impersonation there, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, um, quite. Um, I, I watched The Crown. I binge watched The Crown, and when you, I don't know if you do this, but do you, do you ever binge watch a program and then you find yourself for like the next week just like talking in an accent from that particular program, or, or like finding yourself like just standing up a bit straighter and be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I yeah. I watch yeah. probably more trashier TV than you. So oh, okay. if, if I did it, it'd be things like Breaking Bad and okay, getting people to. What's my name? Because <laughs> I binge watched the IT crowd a few years ago and I just turned it into Moss for a while. I was like, oh, right, fantastic, that's good. No, <laughs> I know, I, I turned into Matt Berry's character. <laughs> okay, <Yeah>. right. <laughs> Father! <laughs> Father! Oh, I love that man. Matt Berry's the greatest. Oh, oh, just... Anyway, don't. Roy Stewart, Matt Berry, that's it. Brilliant. Government should be formed of just those two talking. If only they perform each other's pieces. <laughs> We've sidetracked somewhat. Um, so yeah, so the negative effects are that it'd be hard to do, and you'd, you'd be changing the balance of power between the prime minister and parliament. You're also, you also then ask questions. Well, if you're actually going to lay out the prime minister's powers, are you basically then moving towards a presidential system? Should we then directly elect a prime minister who that has their has specific powers? So it's a slippery slope. It would, it would it be a slippery slope if if it did happen the first bit? No, because there's, there's nothing to say that once you once you once you pick up column A, you have to pick up pick up column B. But that might be some of the objections you would get to to starting going down this road. Mm. Um, in the, you would definitely be creating a, a well, you would either be creating a more powerful prime minister, or you would be deliberately creating a less powerful prime minister, and that comes with its own problems. Because I think if you look at the last. Five, six, seven years. You know, since we've been in coalition governments, Theresa May lack of a majority. Now Boris Johnson lack of a majority. I don't think there are many people that have actually looked at this and go, "This is fantastic. I love this constant fighting of, of politicians." <laughs> um, 
And people like myself actually got a bit of an issue with that because I've always been a bit more of a fan of kind of saying, well, no, I want I want Parliament to be more representative, as in I want them to be able to mm. challenge the government and not have an idea of the government. And now I've got it. Wow. My wish well, is granted. Anything you say about the current situation, and you've said this to me and I do definitely agree with it, is that even though all the stalemates and the arguing and the getting nowhere, it is really a good representation of how the country is. Yeah. Because you just go on Twitter now and it's just people are disagreeing mm. with anything mm. and it all comes down to normally brexit but and, and you, you turn on the telly and look at parliament and it's exactly the same they mm. cannot agree on anything because and it is just a brilliant reflection of society so if the if the prime minister did have powers that wouldn't be a problem anymore because he'd just do what he wanted to do in whatever areas the and, then, and then you are effectively changing it are you maybe changing it from a parliamentary sovereignty to presidential sovereignty i don't know but it, it, it um so I, I wouldn't, if it was up to, if, if, if like, Boris Johnson knocked on my door tomorrow and went, like, Andrew, I really need to talk to you. Yeah, yeah, uh, we need your opinion. What is it, Boris? Yeah. I, I ain't got time for this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you think I should bring up the, the Constitution idea? And I'd, uh, I'd probably go, no. I'd, that sounds a bit dodged to me. The, the other advantage of not having one, and this goes for constitutions in general as well as the Prime Minister, is it does also allow for kind of flexibility because because there is this vagueness. It means, I don't know, say there was a national emergency tomorrow, you know, an invasion, you know, something mm. horrific. It means that the Prime Minister can basically just kind of do something. And if everyone else in at that, at that time is like, well, this is clearly the right decision and it needs to be done, that flexibility kind of allows for that. Yeah. Um, uh, so, for example, the Prime Minister used to kind of have the ability to take the country to war. Um, that's kind of changed since t the Iraq time, because now, now... The Iraq and then uh, Cameron Cameron, well, Cameron now. Put, so now, by kind of by convention now, the Prime Minister goes to war with parliamentary approval. But that's See, not that, actually a... If that, that's never actually been put into constitutional law. But that, that sounds... That example you just gave, that sounds right to me. A decision like war really should be all the, the people that we elect to represent us. On our behalf, saying yeah, if it's yeah, a bad idea. Yeah, so maybe I've just taught myself out. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's fine. We, we, we all have those moments. You're getting on. It's fine. I, I think if the culture of politician continues, that are pushing the boundaries continues, it, we we're probably going to be heading towards one because I think that because if if you said that Trump was an anom an anomaly, you've now got Johnson as well. So now you're starting to get a pattern. Poland have got some people in that area as well. Yeah, well, and I, I don't necessarily mean right wing or anything like that, but you know, even, you might even find, you could get a left wing that does the same thing, but you know, if we're, if no, we're, if we're moving out, in a situation, yeah, exactly, yeah, politicians I'm, that are willing to push the yeah, boundaries exactly. of, of powers. I'm just thinking of, there are more and more politicians like that all over the world. Yeah. So, sure. I, yeah, I, 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 I would say no, as it is, because once we get Brexit done, then we can get on with everything, because Mr. Johnson has promised us. Well, so then everything can calm down and get back to normal. And then we can all start forgetting about politics again because politics is supposed to be boring and it's not supposed to be really interesting. <laughs> People aren't supposed to view in and then it's in my subject. <laughs> People aren't supposed to tune in to debates in, in the millions. Or listen to podcasts. There's another one tonight, I think. With who? Who's left it, the debate? It, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's the BBC uh, Corbyn uh, Johnson one. Oh, they've already done it. Like, don't get me wrong. I love a good debate. And I think the Theresa May was nuts not to do the one last time. But, but 
now it appears that every channel seems to be having their own debate and just no, different, different combinations of the same people. What you're getting wrong is, what you've got to do is you go get like a strong bottle of alcohol and every time mm. Boris says, <laughs> get Brexit get done, Brexit done yeah, or yeah. we can just sort this out, this situation, yeah. as if we just get Brexit done. Yeah. You just take a shot. And, and every time Corbyn kind of winces or interrupts the question or looks... Or every time his glasses slightly, glasses go slightly to tip to one side, oh, you have to take two shots. Oh, what is it? Yeah. Or Sturgeon mentioned Scotland. If <laughs> don't do what. <laughs> Good like that. Um, uh, yeah, and you could you, just make. You, a you wouldn't be able to breathe, would you? No, you just, oh, <laughs> you just wouldn't ever be able to get oxygen. You, you know the um, the Donald Trump billions and billions video. Billions and billions. Of billions. Of billions. So, yeah, yeah. In case you're not aware, it's a video of all the times Boris. Sorry, Donald Trump. Oops. <laughs> Donald Trump has said billions, all cut together, and it's just like a four-minute video of him consistently saying billions. billions now, I'm aware billions. this sounds terrible, but I literally started nearly crying with laughter after about two minutes. The first minute, I was like, your sense of humour is impotent. It's the greatest sense of humour. It's much better than anyone else's actually. So there's a very similar video of, of uh, Nicholas Sturgeon saying Scotland. It's just Scotland, 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 with a slight break, and then she goes Scotland, Scotland, Scotland again. So yeah, you would be actually blind drunk by the end of that if you, did, if you had those rules. God, right? Um, how should you spend election night? I was I was thinking about asking you if you wanted to have a little election sleepover. This, I, is, this yeah. is awkward if you're going to turn me down. <laughs> oh, we've done it live, live on now. I have to say, like now, all our seven listeners will know that I've just yeah. completely embarrassed you. Um, I I think with the state of politics now that you probably could make a bit of an event out of it. I mean, do you like think it, NFL... do you think it's best to stay up late or get up early? You know, so stay up late on election night or get up at say like three a.m. Uh, it, well, obviously, personally, let's say you got all the time in the world. If you're well into politics, it would be cool seeing each area come in, the results come in, and stuff yeah. like that. I can see the appeal in that. You could make it into a bit of a party night. Party. party! I mean, the, you, the you pro- tell other people and they'll be the, like, the, what? You, what? what? <laughs> party the, problem, the, problem with, the problem with election night is this, is that you... you. Oh, so I mean, the great thing is, you know, you, it's basically a whole night of talking politics and all that kind of stuff, which is great, but, but the problem is is that the, the it's the timing. So that the most... I think it's something like Sunderland or something like that prides themselves on being like the first one to get a result, which tends to come in about, well, it's like midnight or 1am or something like that. So you get this like one result at like 1am and that's already pretty late, especially now we're getting close mm. to 4, you know, like, I'm sorry... 10.30, that's, that's pretty much positive. What, 10.30, you but the, mad? the results really don't start coming in until 2, 3, yeah. 4, by which time you really want to go to bed. You've lost all interest. <laughs> no interest. You've lost interest. You're like, I don't care. Um, so, you know, the really interesting stuff is happening at the point when you're past it, which is an argument for the getting up early. Yeah, I mean, all the, the big things that have happened recently. So hang on, what, what have we got? We've got um, Cameron got in. I didn't, I didn't wake up early for that one. Mm. I did get up early for the US election when Trump got in. Mm. And it, I'm just amazed mm. what happened. Brexit result? Brexit, I was woken up by my other half. Oh, okay. She like, was so interested in it as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, You'll never believe what happened. Oh, my God. What, is it snowing in July? <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's July? <laughs> what? Um, but, yeah, th- those things, the big ones, but... It depends how big you think it is as well. I do also well, this, like... this one's off for grabs. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, perhaps 2001, Blair was definitely going to win, and what's the point? Yeah. 2005, Blair was definitely going to win, what's the point? But now, you know... Hmm. Yeah, I know. But um, the, 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 there is the shock when you turn on the TV and go, oh, what's happening? There's the... See, it's slowly coming in when the, you're absolutely the, shattered. To, to the, BBC, the BBC exit poll is announced at 10pm, and that's become a bit of a tradition. And mm. the BBC exit poll, I think only once in the last, like... 
10 elections have they got it wrong and that was when they said conservative labor was likely to be the largest party in 92 or something like that so i think probably what i'll do and this one helps people over is do watch the, watch the exit poll at 10 yeah go to bed try and get up at like three in the morning Oh my god! <laughs> that's, that's why. How how are you going to do it, people, viewers? I mean, what's the best? Perhaps way to we could get one of our listeners to tweet us and tell us the craziest thing they're going to do, unless it's ridiculously rude, like some sort of. What weird. would you do for an election party? What would you? What, what, what kind of? What would be the drinks and the food and the? It would have to be a fancy dress one. So you'd come dressed as some sort of politician. That would get old quick. Like as the night went on, well, it would just be people in night. suits, really, wouldn't it? <laughs> Everyone would be in a suit. This is wrong because it's long as well. It's not like. It's not like, you know, two hours of fun. Mm. You know, it's election night. I've I've seen signs that they're like bars around where I work. Yes. Are, there's posters that saying, you can go to you can go, to you can go to a pub and stay yeah. there for all election night. We, problem well, is I've got work the next day, that's the problem. It's the last day of term. Well, is it the last day of term? It's only a half day. What day is it? What, Thursday. It's Thursday, and then uh, so on the Friday it's my last day of term, so I can just I, I can just go and look very unconscious. Obviously if any of my students are listening, sorry. I can look, <laughs> I can look, look very unconscious for because it was embarrassing as well. Why didn't you come in yesterday? Oh, I was ill. Oh, why didn't you come in yesterday? Oh, I was drunk. Why didn't you come in yesterday? There was a general election. I stayed <laughs> up all election. night. And me and my also 40-year-old friend, he came round and we sat in our pyjamas, tartan pyjamas, and we watched the election. We talked about vote differentials and turnout. <laughs> Ooh, all this MP got elected. And then we played a drinking game with Nicholas Sturgeon. Obviously, it's David Lammy lost his seat then it would just the party would just kick off completely so my Christmas present to, An- <laughs> to, tell everyone to, to, to Andrew is going to be a night with David Lammy that sounds awkward no it's going <laughs> <laughs> if you also want a night with David Lammy tweet him <laughs> an evening with David a, a, a thing where you go and you see David Lammy <laughs> at a distance just <laughs> Oh, damn it. Where is it held? If you say hotel, I'm going to look really well myself. I think it's like an underground. Oh, no! <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's all good. Well, a lecture. A, le- a lecture like, by David Lammy that happens to be at night. Yes. And it involves David Lammy. David Lammy. And why is that funny? It's not. <laughs> <laughs> right. That was Pottering Politics. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you found it interesting. If there's any topics you'd like us to discuss, then do let us know, and we hope it helps you with your A-levels. Take care, and just your life in general. Right. Uh, we've been Pottering Politics. We've got some sort of slogan, I think, don't we? Have we? Yeah, that was it. Hey, okay, can I plug it? Yeah, yeah. Right, we need to... The thing that they're already listening to. Yes, but they need to spread the word for us. Sorry, sorry. This wasn't scripted. This is a genuine argument. They need to spread the word, okay? The rest of it. So you can find us everywhere now. Obviously, the place that you're listening it to, you can find us there. Uh, <laughs> but if there was another alternative method that you were wondering if we were there, we probably are. We're on Google and Apple Podcasts and Spotify and everything like that. And please follow us on Twitter as well. Just search us and you will find us. Thank you. Thanks for listening.